The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a more than just podcast production. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 23 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim. No, Mitchell. no, 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 no. That's that's a different what? podcast. What? You just did the more than just code intro, not the. the did pocket. I say more than just code? Yeah, it's also season six, oh. episode twenty-three. Is how this one goes. <laughs> All right, welcome to Spotcast. Right. Welcome. Okay, okay, one more time. Welcome to Spotcast, season six, episode twenty-three. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh yeah, my name is Tim Metro. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mississauga, Ontario. Hello there, kids. I'm also joined by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? So what you guys missed was before the show, we were stuck in one of those Star Trek time loop things where, you know, we kept repeating episode 21 or 22 over and over again, and we got totally lost. And so, and so ironically, Fraser, Fraser will also show up in this episode. So there you go. That's true. Fraser. <laughs> oh, was he in that episode too? Yeah. He's the captain of the ship that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with, um, what's her name? Um, Tasha. No. Yeah. My, my. My favorite Star Trek episode twisty one is the one where the next generation are going forward and they blow up and then they go back again and then they go forward and they blow up. And then I think, I don't know how data manages to remember something or something like that. And they, they eventually figure out they're actually stuck in a loop. Yeah, it was the, it's not the same one. It's, it's the one where he sees the, the number of pips and realizes it's the right idea comes from Riker because, yeah. Mm-hmm. The number three. He yeah. sends himself the number three and he realizes the three is a reference to Riker's idea to do what he said and not what somebody else said. And yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But that the Fraser's not in that one or Kelsey Grammer, right? Oh, I believe it was uh, the the specific thing that Riker suggested was decompressing the main shuttle bay. Yep. Yep. Okay, because if only we had a shuttle bay, we could decompress, right? (laughs) If only. (laughs) Stick your hands out the window and open up a can of Coke. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of of time loops, um, I was talking last week about the fact that uh, Solar Opposites, I started watching season four, and I was a little confused because at the time I wrote the note, there were only four episodes, but apparently there are five lights. There are five. Uh, there are five episodes of Solar Opposites. I think. I think what happened was I must have missed the initial drop because they, maybe they did two at a time or something. Because when I started watching it a couple of weeks ago, there was all four of them were out, and then this week the fifth one came out. So I guess they're 
releasing them one at a time, which is the way I prefer it myself. And uh, yeah, so in further further follow up on the uh, that uh, um, <laughs> section of the show last week, uh, Dan Stevens is the voice, the new voice of Corvo. And uh, not sure if I know him from other things, but uh, and Jesse is the name of the I'm doing air quotes female character on the show or the female. What are, they're not they're not um, they don't, they're clones or something. What do they call them in the very beginning, Jonathan? Uh, replicants, I think. Replicants, um, yeah, or yeah, they're I think they're they're like offsprings of wherever, and then and then they have a pupa as well. Yeah, yeah. So because I think Corvo and and uh, his partner are. Um, are are a pair, and then they've got these two other sort of offspring, as it were. Would Would you like to hear some of uh, Dan Stevens' uh, IMDb? Uh, I of course, to have it yeah, here. He great. is he is somebody that we know. Uh, uh-huh. He he was on Downton Abbey. He was in Beauty and the Beast, the live action version that Disney did a few years ago. He was oh. uh, the star of Legion. Was he the beast? Was he the beast, uh, yes, or was he? I, I believe he was the beast. He was the beast, uh, and. He was also, yeah, he was um, the star of Legion, the uh, the weird FFXX show that was on a few years ago. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he he's familiar. been around. He's been around. British fellow. What character was he in Downton Abbey? Oh, Matthew Crawley. Yes, he was the son, the, the son or whatever of the old lady. Um, mm-hmm. What's her name? You know, that lady. And I Maggie did watch, start watching the... Smith? Um, Maggie Smith, yeah. I started watching the... Uh, the um, Beauty and the Beast, but I didn't go back and finish it. I'm not sure who he was in that. Scrolling, scrolling. Oh, he's also in Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Something or Other. Gotta be careful that Cabinet of Something or Other. Central Park is what well. oh, he does voiceover stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was in a Christopher Plummer movie. There you go. Oh, there. It all comes. It all comes back to Christopher Plumbing. He's also right. in Call of the Wild, which I still haven't seen yet. Yeah. And he's narrated over thirty audiobooks. Oh, how about that? Oh, yes, he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, this know. guy passes muster. We can watch now. Yes, of course. <laughs> and we'll move on to the headlines now that we've wasted a ton of time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll start with some Star trek stuff since this is a Star trek podcast. So September 8th is going to be, once again, the annual Star Trek Day. Uh, we got a nice little announcement from Paramount about some of the stuff that's going to happen. I'm actually just a little bit surprised. Maybe they did this recording prior to the strike announcement stuff, but uh, Jerry O'Connell is going to be hosting Star Trek Day programming on the 8th, uh, where they're going to do a celebration of Star Trek in animation. Uh, is I believe, the anniversary of the original animated series and it's coincidentally the day after the premiere of the first episode of the next season of star trek lower decks so they're going to do that uh they're also going to uh have a um special screening of strange new worlds on cbs proper so it's going to be on network television for uh the hope that people will find themselves leaning in and and start watching. So they're going to air the first two episodes uh, back-to-back at 8 p.m. on uh, September the 8th on CBS. So that's always an interesting experiment to see if if they can lure in a few more people. They also announced that they were doing special screenings of Lower Decks today. So they were showing it in specific places as a celebration screening 
So it was nine nine o'clock PT, so noon today, uh, Eastern Time, nine a.m. Pacific Time. But it was only in Columbus, Ohio, Dallas, Denver, Philadelphia, Phoenix, San Diego, St. Louis, Washington D.C., Vancouver, Calgary, and London. Those are the only places they did this. (laughs) So they basically excluded everywhere that really matters. So no Toronto, New York, uh, Mm. Los Angeles, Chicago, none of those. Yeah, it could have been a demographic thing. They could have looked at the numbers and saw these were these were low. Maybe performing these are the nerdiest markets. cities in North America. Maybe we we aren't giving them credit. I don't know. But uh, anyway, that's where they had them. Uh, there was already some reviews trickling out from that. People saying that the first episode is uh, they. I guess they aired the first episode. And it's super funny. So uh, we'll have a, a week more to stew on that one while we talk about some Star Wars today. Um, and yeah, they're uh, they're going to be doing this as they have it's definitely scaled down from the past couple of years if you'll recall um when they did the anniversary stuff in the past they had you know a lot of pomp and circumstance they had you know like red carpety kind of stuff all kinds of fancy stuff given the actors and writers strike i guess they've scaled this down significantly as i say i'm surprised that jerry o'connell is doing this given the fact that it's an actor who's promoting a product which seems like something they're not really doing right now but again it's possible he recorded this months and months ago so who knows yeah yeah, um, he's also a bit part technically. On he's not really like a he, he shows up in a lot of shows, but yeah. Sort of but it's I mean, part. really, the the point of the matter is that he's yeah, most actors won't break the strike lines to do a thing like this. So it's quite possible that they've had this in the can for quite a while, and they're just going to air it. Right? It's no different than them airing Ahsoka right now. They, they're just not going to get people talking about it. They're not going to get uh, Rosario Dawson out there because she doesn't have to. Right. Yeah, and Ahsoka doesn't talk much anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, really. So, yeah, do you... Uh, so, of course, they're going to be doing their, their regular program. You can watch it by going to StarTrek.com, or you can watch it on YouTube, or you can watch it on Twitch or Facebook. Uh, you can watch it on uh, Paramount Plus and uh, Pluto TV and, you know, lots of places. Uh, I guess the question is, will we, will either of you plan to tune in to watch Star Trek Day events, or will you look for the highlights afterwards? I don't know. I might be busy that day. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm not. <laughs> so probably I'll watch some of it. <laughs> Something to do. Yeah, I'm, I might try to remember to to watch that stuff. Otherwise, I probably will get a recap somewhere on like YouTube or something. Yeah. Or maybe on, on the next episode of Spotcast or two episodes from now. Yeah, who knows? I do. I do watch. I have watched it in previous years. Like I've had that and Star Wars. They kind of have them on in the background if I'm if I'm working from home and that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah. All right. All right. Next up, some sad news uh, and some sad news. So another casualty of the ongoing labor dispute. We got news this week that Dune Part Two is going to be bumped off the schedule. It was supposed to open on November third in North America. Instead, it is now moving to March fifteenth, twenty twenty-four. So uh, that is uh, disappointing news. It was very disappointing news for a couple of different publications that were already starting to roll out the front covers being like, oh, we're only two months away from watching Dune. Check out this article we wrote. Oh, never mind. So do we know why it was delayed? Because, I mean, the reason the reason most people are speculating is because 
actors and writers have refused to do any kind of media promoting a product for the studios that they did the work for until this is dis- this dispute over the two kinds of uh, strikes is over. So they're not going to do any kind of publicity. And if you put out this kind of movie and you don't have Timothy Chalamet and, you know, Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson and, you know, all these famous faces out there on magazine covers and websites and, you know, doing interview clips for social media and promoting it on their own channels. There's a lot of speculation that uh, one of the main reasons why they delayed it is because if Zendaya doesn't publicize it, she has a absolutely massive following. So does Timothy Chalamet. Their promotion on social media alone is worth millions of dollars in marketing. So they, they just think it's not worth putting out there if they can't get more people to go see it. And if the celebrities won't promote it, why bother? So... Yeah, yeah. For from from my standpoint, I I can definitely see how a lot of that media stuff is like it's essentially free for them, and they want to get the benefit. Like you know, you're gonna be like, hey, we're you know, we need all of the major cast members to make the rounds on Colbert, uh, go on Jimmy, and then go on the other Jimmy, and you know, you get to go chat, glad hand a little bit, give something interesting for people to look forward to, show a clip of the movie, talk about it, like. It's all part of the machine, if you look at it negatively, but also sort of the pomp and circumstance around, like, the debut of a movie like this. So uh, I can totally understand why they would, you know, even if it's totally in the can, they don't have to do new shoots, they don't have to do, you know, post-production or anything. They just literally, we have to time it because this needs to be a billion-dollar movie. It can't be, you know, oh, look, it it made its money back. It needs to, to make some serious cash. Yeah, well, especially with everything else being canceled, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's it's um, part of the, the actor's contract to do that kind of stuff. So obviously the, the studio wants to get their money's worth, right? Yeah. And this is a goldmine, too, because on, on top of Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet, who are incredibly popular on in social media as well as other areas where people will tune in, this this movie's also got uh, Austin Butler, who was you know young and handsome and famous. Florence Pugh, who's young and fancy, uh, young and beautiful and famous. Uh, you know, it's it. You're right. Like you're almost paying the actors for their profile as well. You're almost paying that. It's it's not a bonus. I think it's pretty calculated when they do the casting. That's true. Yeah. It's also got Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's true, Christopher Walken. I don't know how big his <laughs> social following is, but I hope it's huge. Yeah. Probably. Who knows? Um, the other bit of bad news we got this week was the uh, the sad passing of Arlene Sorkin. Uh, Arlene Sorkin was a uh, famous actress from my childhood. She was on uh, TV on, uh, I think it was Days of Our Lives. Um, I'll have to double check that's in here somewhere. But yes, more, you're, you're correct on that one. Yeah, more importantly for uh, for us nerdy people, she was the original voice of Harley Quinn on Batman the Animated Series. She is the originator of the character and was the inspiration for the character. So uh, she passed away this week at the age of 67. It was uh, immediately met with lots of responses from people who worked with her and talked about how brilliant she was. Uh, Mark Hamill, um, you, know, um, you know, lots of people were, were posting J- uh, James Gunn. 
you know, it, she just, she was somebody who was apparently, uh, you know, brilliant to work with and, and lovely and, uh, yeah, really sad to see. I mean, I, that's such an unmistakable and obviously the roles passed to other people since then, but to, to have been the originator of that character is a pretty big deal. And, uh, yeah, it's very sad to see her go. Yeah. I saw Kaylee Cuoco was doing Harley Quinn recently. Yeah, it's, it's been a bunch of different role, uh, actors that have done it on different products. So between video games and, and animated series and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, ain't nothing like the real thing, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah, and it's actually kind of crazy like how much she was and is Harley Quinn. Like mm -hmm. the, the reason I knew the Days of Our Lives answer is because I had seen this article that said that like hey she inspired harley quinn from her appearance on the days of our live show in some sort of weird dream sequence where she was dressed as a clown on rollerblades um, <laughs> and then you know ends up getting to voice the the character the the harley quinn character um people found links between arlene and, and harleen so it definitely it's one of those ones where, like, not just iconic voice in the character, but it was, like, really the inspiration for the character and how the character is portrayed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she will be missed. <clears throat> um, a little bit more. So the uh, we finally got our... Um, Season seven. Now that, uh, as Tim mentioned, Solar Opposites is back on the air, we're going to get our first look at uh, the all new Rick and Morty. Season seven is coming on October 15th. Uh, so if you're curious as to how that's going to be, uh, I don't know. I don't, they didn't say in here anything I think about Dan Stevens or who's, uh, who's going to be the voice on there. So. I'll be curious to see if that also. Yes, is it not, they've not officially announced or a. Um, they've not officially announced a replacement for a while, and right now it says. Yeah. So, again, a little more mystery. Hopefully, uh, although I was surprised, I talked was talking to my daughter uh, a few weeks ago, and she said, "Ugh, Rick and Morty is so over. Nobody, nobody watches Rick and Morty." And I was like, "Well." Us, us old people do i don't i don't know uh but apparently yes young people have uh have have moved moved past rick and morty now it's passe so i didn't get the memo but apparently uh apparently we're not we're not the cool kids anymore. welcome we're to the watching. club my friend yeah you know it, it happens faster than you think it will doesn't it yeah now we have cookies don't worry <laughs> <laughs> are, are they animal crackers or something mm -hmm. Um, and the last... they got lots of fiber in them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, and the last thing I got here is a story came out this week that uh, Kevin Smith, the filmmaker slash podcaster slash uh, everything else, is auctioning off his entire personal collection of original comic book art. He has decided that uh, he's doesn't have the wall space and he has just been sort of hoarding this stuff for years. Some of the stuff that is related to the books that he wrote or, or co-created and some of it is stuff that he collected over time, but he's decided that he wants to sell it so that he can create a scholarship fund at the Joe Kubert School for Comic Book Art. And um, so on September 27th, there is going to be a, a large auction selling a bunch of the work that he's got from books like 
Preacher, Hitman, The Demon, Batman, Green Arrow, Daredevil, Sandman, uh, and you know uh, some of the some of the stuff in here I, I've gone through and looked at it myself because I'm obviously I'm a comic art collector and uh, and a fan, and uh, he's got. Uh, the original painted covers for his Green Arrow books by Matt Wagner. He's got, you know, a ton of pages from Preacher and Demon and Hitman and stuff that are, you know, sort of the, the vertigo, dark side of DC kind of stuff. He's got original pages from the original Sandman series, uh, which are pretty incredible. But the one piece in there that is just mind-blowing is he's got a Daredevil fighting bullseye page from Frank Miller from the 1970s that is just like mind-blowing they're estimating it'll sell between 20 and 40 thousand dollars us i think that's low i don't oh, i think i think it's going to sell for more than that not only because of of the page itself but because of its provenance being belonging to kevin as well so um but yeah this is uh, if you I, we've got the link in here you can actually go you can register if you want to vote or vote if you want to bid and uh and you know get in on it there's lots of stuff in here. I suspect this is going to be a pretty intense auction, given, again, um, the the quality of the pages and uh, everything else. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty once-in-a-lifetime kind of deal to have somebody like him. Uh, some of this stuff has never been available for sale ever. It's never been on the market. So it'll be interesting to see how much he ends up raising from this. But I'm guessing it will be a very surprising number when it's all said and done. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. And speaking of things that you're not going to get to see, um, well, yet, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles have been cancelled by Disney even before they hit the street, as it were. So, yeah, they, they, the um, showrunner is saying that it will be on some TV at some point in the future, but not sure where uh, the author, Holly Button Black, was saying that it's going to be somewhere, but not on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so they basically, they produced it and developed it, and now they're basically burying it, and they're going to look to resell it to someone else to, to broadcast. So it won't be a Disney Plus show, even though they made it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and we talked about that before, because we had, what was, there was another Batgirl, I think? Yeah, Batgirl, Batman? where they basically buried Ooh. it. Although that one they killed. They weren't looking to resell it. They actually killed that one, right? They put it in a yeah. drawer, and that's it. Was it Batwoman or Batgirl? I think it was Batgirl was the was the title okay. they were doing. Yeah, that was my mm. recollection as well. Yeah, if uh, if you wanted happier news and you wanted to know what happens when a pirate king loses his trusted steed, uh, our flag means death season two is coming out on October fifth. I haven't watched season hyped? one yet, though. Oh, you haven't seen season one? Yeah, it's definitely worth a binge. All right. What to what platform would it be on primarily? It was on Max. It was on an Max, HBO okay. original. Yeah, I believe it's on uh, Crave up here in Canada. Crave? Le Crave? <laughs> Don Le Crave? Don, Don Le Crave. Don Le Crave, okay. Maybe you. And one more, honey. Yeah, in this uh, in this era of remember that thing from a couple decades ago, let's revive that or reboot or whatever. In this <laughs> yeah. case, I believe is a continuation of the Frasier character. So Kelsey Grammer's returning as uh, the titular character Frasier on October 12th. This is going to be on Paramount Plus with uh, kind of similar. We just talked about with Strange New Worlds. Uh, two episodes will air on CBS as well. Remember, CBS All Access used to be the uh, the name of Paramount Plus before they brought in the uh, the Paramount Viacom stuff. 
merged it all together. So 10 episodes, 10 episode season, a lot, lot shorter than uh, what you might have gotten used to if you're watching reruns of, uh, you know, the 20 some odd, 23 uh, ish, probably some episodes. Uh, this isn't general daytime nighttime primetime television this is a streaming era where you're going to get like somewhere between 6 to 13 episodes and 10 is the number they have chosen here yeah and, and it's interesting that the three other main character or four uh, no three other main characters are not returning Daphne the, the love interest of Niles is not returning Niles his brother is not returning and uh, David Hyde Pierce he just want to, doesn't want to do that role anymore and of course, the, his father um, has has passed away, right? At the actor, um, Roz apparently is going to come back at an appearance, and so is Lilith. But yeah, it's it's weird because I was talking to Carol about this too. In that, you know, he was sort of a spinoff character from Cheers, right? Mm -hmm. So he was. Mm -hmm. I mean, who? I mean, does it really matter that? I mean, it does matter that those people don't come back? Because I mean, that show's been in syndication forever. I think everybody knows. If you haven't seen it, you've probably seen at least one episode of it. So. It's interesting. I don't. I don't know what what, what they're going to do in terms of a plot, but um, and just as a sort of a loose connection, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name now? Oh, Arlene Sorkin was actually a character on Frasier at one point too. Oh, that's funny. Be speaking of a deep portfolio. All right. Well, we're at the main part of the show where we talk about something Star Trek related. Wait a minute. Strike that. We're going to talk about Star Wars Ahsoka Part Two, not Episode Two, Part Two. No, no, Part, time th part Three. That's my bad. That's that should be Part Three. What? I know. I threw I you a curveball. Like, My bad. Want to take that one again? All right. It's a bad week for part numbers. 30, part 33. Stop typing. Part... We're both typing. Part 33. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, we're just going to go with it. All that's, right. Go with we're it. Just go. So what's, what's your elevator pit for, pitch for part 33, Jonathan? Uh, my elevator pitch. Just because you're not a Jedi doesn't mean you aren't good in a fight. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, mine's not that great. I, I wrote down saber rattling between Ahsoka and Sabine brings her closer to understanding each other and understanding the mystery of the hyperspace ring. Hmm. Hang on. I'd like to take this moment to acknowledge that Tim absolutely nailed the hyperspace ring uh, on our episode last week. He said it looked like one mm -hmm. of those things that they had in the in the prequel movies where they like locked their yeah. ships in there. And I was like, yeah, I, I guess. And nope, you nailed it. You got it. Absolutely right. So kudos. Yeah. I think I think rather than my elevator pitches, rather than building hyperspace rings, maybe just learn how to aim a blaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of pew pew and not so much kill kill in this episode. Not so much. Yeah, no, nothing. Well, I mean, I, Sabine's. I mean, I've played those video games where where you're trying to do the the zero g, you know, um, Gatling gun kind of. Uh, what do they call it? Back the back gunner and what do you yeah, call it? Yeah, What's yeah. the word she used? Tail gunner. Tail gunner. Yeah, you're trying to do that sort of, you know, freeform shooting. It's it can be done. I mean, if I can do it on PlayStation Four, I don't see why Sabine can't do it in real life or pseudo <laughs> real life. Yeah. Anyway, lots of pew pew. I mean, that was I think the best pew pew was that was the best pew pew. I think, right? Yeah, I like the. That, uh, I had the the little bit of hide and seek part where their ship was damaged and they were trying to like hide amongst the the pergles, the the giant space whales. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. I just thought that was really cool and cinematic. It was a little less sort of shooty. There's always liked... a bigger fish. You noticed that, right? <laughs> it's true. There's always a bigger whale. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I thought uh, I thought to myself for just for a second, I'm like, oh, it would be very Star Wars if they went and hid inside one of the whales' mouths. Or, but uh, or, yeah, I thought I thought when they when they 
got disabled, they were kind of glue themselves to the side of the hyper ring until, you know, until they dumped the garbage out. And, yeah, and... exactly. Exactly. But no, they actually, uh, they actually got their, uh, got to the, the forest floor for that case. So, yeah. This is the thing. So they, they get shot, they're damaged, they're like disabled, you know, the highway uh, is like completely disabled. The ship's dead. It's floating in space and they can't just turn a turret around and shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I mean, pew pew. Yeah, the space battle for for me because it had sort of the most obvious one. I didn't see uh, metaphorical pew pew pews here. Maybe I maybe I missed some. <laughs> well, I mean, even the Ahsoka yeah. versus Sabine sort of sword stuff that you referenced. That was fun. That was that was the know, wax on wax off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting. We we can talk about that in a few minutes. But the uh, yeah, just the the idea of training someone very much in the style of of episode four uh who is not as force sensitive or, or you know the the child of a messiah is is interesting it's interesting my yeah. best people was sabine versus the cup <laughs> that was some high tension yes yes just especially with the cup stares her down too right well yeah i had that in my uh in my they said what the quotes uh you win this round sabine to the cup yeah uh, Easter eggs. There was uh, not as much as the first two episodes, but there was still lots of stuff to enjoy in there. So the the blind sword fighting, of course, you know, uh, very much an echo of of Obi Wan training uh, training Luke in episode four. You know, with the blast shield down. How am I supposed to see a thing? How am I supposed to fight? Practically the same line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and the line from her was, you know, I can't see how am I supposed to fight from Sabine, right? So yeah, like great stuff. Um, the training drones. So when she opens the cupboard, there are those those training drones, just like Luke would have fought uh, back then. Why Han had one of those? Unless like Obi Wan brought that with him. Like I don't know. That's a, kind of a strange one. And of all the things, like he's living in it, like out in the desert in the middle of nowhere, he decides to keep like a training drone. That's a weird one. Um, Jason. Jason finally showed up. Everyone was asking mm-hmm. after the first two episodes, where the hell is Jason? Because we we knew that. Uh, um, that Hera had a, a son as a result of the events of Rebels. And, you know, the first question was like, you know, she's off having all these adventures. Doesn't she have a child? Like, shouldn't we yeah. at least get a reference? And it was very peculiar that there was no line between uh, Sabine and her or Ahsoka and her saying, how's your child who we all know you have? N- yeah. Nothing. So there's no reference. Yeah. But in this case, uh, we get to see Mon Mothma and the uh, members of the Republic Senate. And she asks, you know, how's Jason? And then finally Jason shows up. So we actually get to see live action Jason, uh, J-A-C-E-N for those keeping track. Um, and, and he yeah. says... I, want I wish to be a I was a Jedi. I want to be a Jedi, but, yeah. But isn't he half Jedi? Isn't he like half half Jedi? Well, yes, he, he certainly is. And you could argue, I mean, you know, Hera is an uncannily gifted pilot. Perhaps she's strong in the Force as well. You don't, we don't know either way, but yeah. But the green hair, though. Well, I mean, again, it's interesting because obviously he is uh, um, by species. He's he's part mm-hmm. Twi'lek and he's part uh, what appears to be obviously human, whatever, you know, wherever. Humanoid, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, he's got green hair, which I guess is a reflection of her skin color, but otherwise appears to be pretty humanoid. In the cartoon, when we only see him in the final episode of Rebels, he seems to have elongated ears that seem to indicate that maybe he's, you know, that's sort of what he's adapted genetically instead of uh, the the tails off Mm. of the back of the skull. 
but uh here we don't even really see his ears he's got hair covering his ears but um yeah it's uh he looks pretty human he looks pretty human all things being equal not so much twi'lek Mm -hmm. the other the other thing for easter eggs is the purgles of course uh which we knew we were going to see i saw some uh stuff after we recorded last week that people were saying well and the one scene when they're on the planet that you can see the shadow of something that might be a purgle i haven't gone back to look at that but uh obviously we knew that you know the rebels ended with uh thrawn and ezra being tangled up with the purgles the purgles have the ability to travel uh, organically through space and they disappeared to a galaxy even further further away and so we knew purgles were probably going to play a role in here somewhere and so now we know we're on this planet where the purgles are and they're building this giant hyperspace ring the idea being that they're going to try and go to this galaxy further further away and try and retrieve thrawn and hopefully in the process retrieve Ezra so it's kind of all coming together yeah. and I like that they did they didn't really need to beat you over the head for the people who weren't Rebels yeah. fans they basically say Purgles the space whales they have uh, Huyang explain Purgles they're space whales who can travel in hyperspace like cool that's all I needed to know thanks mm-hmm. yeah well they didn't have to beat beat Hera over the head about her obsession with uh, looking for Ezra because I don't I didn't get the sense she's obsessed with searching for uh, Ezra maybe Sabine is Right. Yeah. Although but, this is supposed to have happened over the course of time, right? So if you, yeah, like the events of this series are supposed to happen. So Rebels basically wraps up before the events of Star Wars Episode Four. It's before Rogue okay. One, as a matter oh, really? of fact. So it basically, it ends. You know, a, a few like a few wait, months so before wait, 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 the events of, of Rogue One. And then really? the PS Rebels? scene, yes. And the PS scene after that is what we're seeing now. So it's supposed to be time enough for Jason to be born. And then... We need to rewind. We need to rewind. Hang on. Whoa, okay. whoa, whoa, All right. whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so we have Ahsoka. Yeah. Right, who was trained by Anakin. Okay, trained by Anakin. Okay, so she's from like end of clone wars or whatever that horrible thing was right yeah so she survives the clone uh, wars and then the she joins back up with the rebels in rebels and is fulcrum oh, right so they get rid they get rid of all the jedi which is why obi-wan kenobi is hiding in the beginning of episode four right mm-hmm. okay 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 i got i'm caught up now okay cool so the reason why we know that this is happening, it's this is supposed to be happening at the same time as Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. But the idea is basically that all of this is happening for the sake of argument. If you look at Jason and how old Jason is, we'll say he's what, nine, eight, nine. So yeah, he was supposed to have been born pretty much, you know, after the, the Battle of Yavin because mm-hmm. uh, Hera was pregnant at before then so somewhere in that window she has jason and he's the age he is now so that's how much further we Wait, are but, ahead. You do, but you do see jason don't you see jason in the end of you do Rebel? and he actually looks a little younger in the in like the toddler right yeah. well maybe a little older maybe like five but here he looks even older yeah. so i think the idea is that we're supposed to be you know seven or eight years after the fall of of the empire in return of the jedi so or I guess not after that, after the Battle of Yavin. So theoretically, this is, you know, five years after that. Hmm. So it's been, theoretically, it's been a while. All that to say, the reason why 
they make that reference is that perhaps during that window of time where the events of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi were happening, Hera was like, hey, we need to go find Ezra. And bugging mm-hmm. people and trying to go on missions and whatever, and they were like, okay, enough. Stop looking for this dead guy. And she, that, would be, that would be kind of irresponsible since she's a, she's a general, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. The um, yeah. the rebels crew was pretty much a like you know save everyone sort of thing. Um, so you know we haven't seen Zeb yet. Yep. The uh, the other crew member. So I don't. I didn't read that. At least not yet from what we've seen so far that Hera was necessarily obsessed with it. Um, I wrote down a quote from Hera to the senator where I think the senator was, you know, causing some, some, some kerfuffle to like, yeah, he's, not he's trying to throw red herring out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's like, you know, Oh, you're just like obsessed with finding Ezra. And she's like, were you ever in the war Senator? No. Well, just sat back and waited spike. to see who came out on top. Like, <laughs> like she dumped all over him, but like, yeah, you know, you can see sort of both sides. Like we know, the characters, but if you look, you know, if you were just another person standing in that room, you'd be like, what the hell's going on between these two? Like, it's totally reasonable to ask, like, are you sure that we need to go do this thing? Is this just a wild goose chase or do we need to go fight off these Imperial remnants with our uh, handful of, of crew and ships and stuff that we have? Yeah. And then from our side, we're like, hey, like, <laughs> you know, we got to go figure this thing out. If we can coincidentally find Ezra, great. Otherwise, let's see if we can figure out, you know, how to prevent Thrawn from coming back. Any other Easter eggs from you guys? Not many Easter eggs in this one, really. You know, the wax on, wax off scene, but, you know. It's yeah. really close. It's not, an, I, I looked it up, it's not an exact quote, but Sabine's, I can't see, how am I supposed to fight? I think. Right. It's probably really clear. It's not literally yeah. the same thing. I did I did double check. Uh, thank you, YouTube. You made it super easy. It's not exactly <laughs> what Luke says word for word, but it's like so close. I'm like, this was a callback oh, to yeah. that. Yeah, Just definitely. two called out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we I think we both all three of us sort of saw that as as a you know, how am I supposed to fight with a blood shield? How am I supposed to see with the blood shield down? Yeah, but like way less whiny. <laughs> but she's <laughs> like, Are you serious? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Right away, she's different attitude. Right away. D- different attitude. Yeah, yeah. I um, cool. I did put down the quote that, around this same topic that Sabine says. Uh, According to Hu Yang, I'm the worst candidate ever for Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I think people are, are starting to wonder, right? Because like I'll just lead into my my big question, which is, you know, will Sabine learn to harness the Force? And there's a bit of back and forth in the interwebs, like the old school historical way of looking at this from the original trilogy was, um, you know, everybody can be influenced by the force. The force is, you know, something that permeates everything. And, and if you just try hard enough, go for it. Yes, it can be stronger in families. The prequels went down the route even stronger on the, like it's midi chlorians. If you just take a, a numerical count, that'll help you out to understand. I feel somewhere in between is kind of the way these things work in real life. I do think that um, everybody can, you know, with, with minimum capability can learn to draw. Some will struggle to be even vaguely competent at it, and they'll work really hard to be vaguely competent. And some won't even have to try at all and be super good at it. I just pick a bunch of other things. Like uh, some people are um, just 
exceptionally gifted at building muscle. And they even, if they even look at a set of weights, they build muscle and other people can be gym rats doing everything perfectly right and not build muscle. Like, I think there's a lot of these natural things like, yes, like luck of the draw, genetics, uh, will of the force, whatever it is, will absolutely give you an advantage, but you can still work your way up from wherever it is you started. I think that's what this series is probably going to go with, given the hint from, um, from Ahsoka saying that like, you know, the force is everywhere and permeates all living things. I think that's what they're trying to reconcile it to get a, a nice medium between the two different approaches. Yeah, it, it depends whether you're in the Ryan Johnson camp or the J.J. Abrams camp, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. obviously, the one movie they were, you know, episode eight, they were referencing the fact that any, anybody can be part of the Force. The idea that was that Ray and Broom Boy, that the Force is in every living thing, and therefore anybody's got the potential. And then they rewrote that for episode nine, saying, no, 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 but only if you're a Palpatine. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of depends which camp you're, you're more comfortable in for this as to your interpretation but um yeah i think that there's definitely um there's definitely some some differences in opinion on the interwebs right now um i listened to a great uh podcast um if you're if you want an incredibly deep dive uh the the folks at house of r on the ringer uh podcast network this week did like a three hour deep dive into the first two episodes which was both insane and also like filled with information and they were playing some like word clips and stuff like that from rebels. And one of the things that they referenced that really has stuck with me, uh, that did not occur to me in the moment. So that's why I want to make sure they get credit is there's a, uh, an exchange when Kanan is training Sabine on how to use the dark saber in season four of rebels, where he says, she he, Hera basically says, you know, are you frustrated with training her because she's no good with the force? And he says, it's not that she's not good with the force. The force lives, lives in all things. Her problem is that she's so blocked off. She can't unblock herself from receiving the force. She's she's just not opening herself up to it. And there was kind of that same reference in this episode of of Ahsoka saying, like, it's not that she's weak in the force. It's that she seems to be in her own way about it. So I wonder if we're priming this for she will finally have maybe in when if they get to Ezra or maybe there's a moment that will just sort of open her mind and we will see a force sensitive Sabine show up. But I thought that was a really interesting possibility that she it's not that she's not as force sensitive it's not, as as Hu Yang says you know maybe she is currently the weakest but maybe it's that she's blocking herself not that she's just weak in it I mean, you're I, the I writer like I can see that coming <laughs> you know I can see that coming I can see her a force push or something coming from her like episode five or maybe six you know yeah it really just mm -hmm. depends on what the you know what what the trigger is right like what's going to be the thing that that yeah gets her over the yeah. top but uh but i like that idea i like the idea that she's it's that it's not it's not that she's not capable it's that she's basically standing in her own way and in the way that they're positioning that sabine character and she's even through the cartoon she's very stubborn she's very willful very strong person but you know maybe yeah maybe she'll have that aha moment in this series i hope they do because that would be a fun to watch what how that plays out so so anakin and obi-wan in the 
the sixth movie or whatever, third movie, I, I'm lost. I lost track. Attack of the Clones, <laughs> the, the, the Count Dooku one, you know, where they were, they were going after Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. They're in their spaceships. They're not wearing a spacesuit. And yet, in this episode, when, you know, Ahsoka says, I'll be right back, I thought she'd just go out and hold her breath and fight these guys, you know, but apparently there's a spacesuit for her. Is she a Twi'lek or she's a different race? No, she's a different race. Yeah. But yeah, the spacesuit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what the, the root of that is, but uh, yeah. I mean, it is kick-ass that she went out there and, you know, was like, I, I, th- I thought like most Jedi, she'd be bouncing the, you know, the, the shots back at them with her, with her lightsabers, right? I had the same thought. It's funny. We're so used to seeing that. And maybe it's the physics of space that is the, not allowing that. Although it's weird because theoretically the pulses that they're firing are hard light enough to do damage. So they would also have enough... Uh, gravitational force to push her. So is she using the force mm, to stay on the maybe. anyway? It's it's a head scratcher. It's a it's a thinker when you. It's step a back Newtonian. It. Tri- it's a Newtonian problem, right? It, it so. really is. It really is. So yeah, I I, I saw that one. Was like, I'm not going to think too hard about this because I'm probably overthinking it. But I'm you know. But it's a good thing she got the magnetic boots on though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was kind of my assumption, lightly magnetic. So, you know, the the way that I think about this is the, the small fighters probably don't have, um, you know, suits necessarily. Like you can wear a, a pilot's flight suit and stuff. So like but, a kamikaze. Well, I think it's like you, you have to make, grouper. you know, trade-offs for like, I want higher performance versus having extra stuff. But the, yeah, the ship with the guy inside, right? <laughs> yeah. But like the ship that Ahsoka's on is like large enough to have a crew area and stuff. So you can, you can have a little tiny broom closet somewhere that you have suits like this for like, Hey, hyperdrive's messed up and the droid can't do it alone. All right, let me, let me schlep on my suit, walk out there with my mildly magnetic boots. Cause if they were like really strong magnets, you wouldn't be able to lift up your feet, right? They have to be just enough to keep you attached and not floating off into the void so that's how i kind of mentally thought about what this was doing here um because it's similarish to other things we've seen in other sci-fi of like walking around in a little suit outside of the ship yeah my big question for this week is we are now three episodes out of eight down We've clearly set the stage for, we, we know how the game is being played now. We know that they're building this hyperspace ring. We've got the purgle download. So we know what they're trying to do is go and to the other side of the galaxy and get Thrawn and Ezra. We know that Thrawn and Ezra are going to be in the series because you've seen them in the teaser trailers. So how soon do we get Thrawn and by proxy Ezra? Do we see right. them in the next episode? Do we is is next episode just all fights with the you know because it looks like the they're going to have fight in the forest. We've seen that in the teaser as well. Uh, you know, are we going to get actually get on a ship and go somewhere? Or do we not do that till episode five? Like, does the series does the series end with them finding him? Oh, I don't know. You got, but I think you got to have. I think you got to have Thrawn. Because he's, they're building him up to be the big bad, right? So you got to have him in at least two episodes, right? So he's got to be either discovered at the tail end of episode three or or four, four, I guess. Um, but he's he's got to be in he's got to be in at least two episodes to really make him meaningful, especially especially since this is sort of, I mean, if if, if you're catering to the people who have who are not familiar with him and who he is, right? So because mm-hmm. I mean, in Rebels, he just walks around and, and talks menacingly, right? He doesn't really. Well, in you know, Rebels, he's, he's, 
he's a genius, right? He's strategic and methodical. And he's, it's funny because he's, he's obviously, he's not, he is an accomplished martial artist, but he's not like the the emperor. He's not like he'll fire lightning out of his fingertips and and barbecue you. And he's not Darth Vader where he's just going to overwhelm you with strength and, and the force and the dark side. But he's, he's just this like absolute tactician, right? He's a genius who can basically pick you to shreds. And we see that over and over again, that the one part of, uh, of rebels where they think they've got the empire on the run. And it turns out it's the other way. And they basically wipe out a huge part of the rebel fleet because he's just two steps ahead of them. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how much of him we get. We know that this is just the beginning or, or just a phase of the sort of Thrawn story that they're telling. Cause we know that it's going to overlap into the next season of Mandalorian, maybe in Ahsoka season two, God save us a book of Boba Fett season two or whatever they decide to do. Um, in that we know that the skeleton crew series that they've announced already is going to be set in this same timeline, the one with Jude law. So, you know, maybe that's tied in here as well. So you need to interview, you need to, interview, you need to introduce Thrawn and you need to have him set up as the big bad and you need him back in the regular galaxy far, far away, not farther, farther away so that you can tell those stories. But yeah, I guess I'm curious as to how soon we're going to get them actually there to get it done. And then from there, uh, how they set up what's going to happen over the next few years in the Star Wars television universe. Good show. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, I think I want to ask Jaime the question that you and I talked about last week, which is, um, and, and it is a criticism I've certainly seen online. Jaime, you must have seen it too. Is this show too... Star Wars lore deep to be accessible to a large audience? Is it too in the weeds for Star Wars fans? I mean, it's essentially Rebel Season 5, right? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a there's a place to blend some of these in. I don't think that every show needs to be for all audiences. Um, I think this one leans a little heavier towards... It probably is way better if you did, like I did, and just you know, binged your way through the past couple of months, uh, through all four seasons of rebels. So I'm well deep into, uh, everything meaningful for this lore. I, I think if they wanted to make this more broadly accessible, the way that like the Mandalorian, uh, season one was in particular, I think they'd have to add like flashbacks or something to be like, show me what Thrawn did, you know, why, mm. why is this person worth the effort? I think it's carrying a lot of weight of like, well, you know who he is. Like, yeah, but if you don't, uh, like my significant other, uh, she, she doesn't know. So I don't think she would enjoy this series as much as, uh, as the Mandalorian. Cause it doesn't, doesn't give you a nice, easy way into the, the step. Like, I think you could probably sort of get it i don't think they'd be completely lost but it wouldn't have the same impact as what i think yeah yeah i think it's uh 
it's a tricky balancing act because they they are kind of trying to tie this all into one sort of larger universe obviously we know we've seen ahsoka in mandalorian we've seen ahsoka in book of boba fett we know that these three series are all interconnected but the mandalorian i think what a lot of people liked about the first season and then kind of got a little off the rails in season three season two one and two was kind of an open you know if you even if you weren't a huge star wars fan you could still kind of watch it and and follow along and it was kind of telling its own story that was divorced from you know the force and the big picture and stuff except for obviously you know it's the whole get grow go back to his people thing this just expands the scope of everything so much that i wonder if it's uh i wonder if it's just going to be scary for people who are like i uh, it's hard i mean i'm watching it and i'm like i'm this is like it's like a big bag full of candy it's just like oh my god there's mm-hmm. like so many sub references easter eggs uh you know if you've devoured all of star wars in television and film there's a ton of stuff here for you and you're probably enjoying yourself thoroughly if you are not connected to it. I wonder if there's enough exposition for you to to care. Like, I, honestly, my biggest fear is, and Tim, I think you referenced it in just the way you, you mentioned the way that uh, Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka. She's playing it pretty staid and quiet, and she's not really giving you a lot to invest in. Sabine is, mm-hmm. I think, uh, Natasha Luberdizo is doing a better job of making you care about that character, but the series is called Ahsoka. And I don't think that she's necessarily, if you were coming at this with just having sort of seen her pop up on, on those two previous appearances in the Star Wars TV universe, I don't know that you'd feel that investment and be like, this is a great character. You'd be like, she doesn't talk much, does she? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, you know, I think we need to turn to our, you know, our number two fan, Keen, hmm. because he hasn't seen um, all of... I don't know how much of Clone Wars he's seen, but he has not seen Rebels. And he he did make a comment in our Slack. By the way, folks, you can always join our Slack and chat with us. But he he mentioned in Slack that he was not going to to stop and take a look at that stuff. And he's just going to dive right into Ahsoka and then see what, what he thinks of it. So it's kind of interesting. Like I always, I'm always curious about people who've gone and see. Like I think Jaime, you've never read the Harry Potter books, right? Correct. I've never, I've never read the original material. Yeah. So like he's he's one of these, you know, a purist from the point of view of he's only experienced Harry Potter through the movies. Where you know Jonathan and I have read the books long before the movies came out, right? So or as they were coming out, I guess. But um, yeah. So it, it'd be interesting to see a fresh perspective if there's just too much obscurity. Because I mean, like like because we've watched rebels you know um we have sort of the context of of i mean i i didn't i don't think i can remember i couldn't tell you exactly what happened in every episode but um i do have the references to who these people are you know and, and like i couldn't i couldn't wouldn't have been able to tell you the purgle was a purgle until we saw it on the show today but uh i, I do know about the space whales you know yeah yeah they, well, they were they were also in the episode with um uh harry mud right yeah that's a deep cut deep cut (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah so with that should we move on to our watch list absolutely so you've got some sad news it looks like in our watch list uh well i guess it's all perspective uh so so the number one thing on the list i think for all of us is that uh a week from now we're gonna get star trek lower decks uh september 7th is the season four premiere uh again very high 1a 1b my favorite star trek current series uh but 
as for us here with our our spoiled Canadian subsidized sci-fi, uh, that is now going away. So this will be the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks where you will not be able to watch it on Crave. It is airing on CTV Sci-Fi, on contemporary cable television, or mm. you can... You're going to have to shell out a couple of shekels if you want to watch it on streaming. You can only watch it on Paramount Plus here in Canada starting. So it is going to be on the television, like on the cable. It is. I, I actually had intended to look up um, when it was going to drop. I wanted to look at my um, my cable package and see if the, they had listed it already to see mm -hmm. if it's uh, what time it's going to be on. Are you with the Bell on. or the Rogers? I am with the Rogers right now. Um, I mean, the Rogers only tells us like a week before. That was the challenge. So I was kind of looking to see, let's see if they've got the new episode listed already here. I've got it right in front of me. Uh, no. I think we, we have to go, we have to wait till tomorrow, right? Because it'll be the first tomorrow, seven days away. Uh, oh, you know what? It's not. It's on there now. Um, so season four, episode one, Tuvix, T-W-O-V-I-X. Yeah, what that's about. Is appearing. Um, Thursday, 9 o'clock on CTV Sci-Fi. And so is episode two. Oh? I have no bones, yet I must be... Yet I must flee. Is, Did I reporting on Friday? <laughs> uh, yeah, so 9 o'clock to 9.35 on CTV Sci-Fi for the first one, and 9.35 till 10.10 on CTV Sci-Fi for episode two on the 7th mm. so you can watch it on tv you don't have to have uh plus but if you are not somebody who has cable or if you uh want to prefer to watch the streaming version that does not have commercials or anything else then you obviously are going to have to uh shell out i guess it depends on the time of day when it's going to come out like well it's nine o'clock at yeah. night is when it starts and... no I, I meant on the crit on the crave or elsewhere on the paramount plus that's the question. So I guess we'll throw that one over to Jaime. When does it drop? Does it drop at midnight Pacific time for you? You know, I I honestly can't recall because every show seems like it does this differently. I'm trying to remember. I think Lower Decks must drop at like midnight because I normally watch it during lunch uh, for the past several seasons. And then we record, you know, if I have a really rough work day, then I'll like try to hammer down my dinner at the same time I'm trying to watch Lower Decks and take notes and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm just getting confused because the Ahsoka series comes out at, like, you know, primetime television uh, kind of timing that I'm, like, mentally thinking, oh, maybe it drops at, like, 9 p.m. the night before or something. But I, I'm pretty sure it is midnight. Um, midnight uh, Pacific, so it's probably, like, 3 a.m. your all's time uh, for... Yeah. Plus. Well, and I'm just looking ahead. It's got Thursday, September 14th, which would be the third episode, is listed on CTV Sci Fi at 10.29 to 11.03 p.m. Pacific, uh, Eastern Time, rather. So that would be, yeah, like even later than, than next week's episodes. So, uh, yeah, that's it, unusual. All that to say, we're excited about Lower Decks. We just have to figure out when and how we're going to watch it. Yeah, and when and how everybody else is going to watch or listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. No change in the USA. It's always been on Paramount Plus, so... <laughs> Except they changed the name of that platform of multiple times. Yeah. Have they? Yeah, well, it was CBS All Access, and then it was... 
Oh, right. And then yeah. that was Paramount Plus. And then yeah, I guess Plus. if you're counting Paramount Plus and then like with Showtime. Uh, yes. I think that's what they call the it weirder. now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why they didn't just call it Paramount Plus Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they thought it looked weird when you write it out. But when you say it, it's Paramount Plus Showtime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah I'm in. Okay. But it's more than just Paramount. All good. It's Paramount Plus. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. It's all good, man. Uh, the other thing I had for my watch list is, uh, I don't know if either of you had a chance to see the trailer for Rebel Moon, the new Zack Snyder film that is coming to Netflix later this year. Um, this was, Zack Snyder essentially wrote a Star Wars movie and was going to make a Star Wars movie. And then in the end, they decided not to go forward with it. And he was like, you know what? I like my ideas. I'm just going to turn it into a not Star Wars movie. So if you watch it, you're like, this seems kind of familiar, but kind of different. And uh, it's it's a two-part movie event. The first one is coming out in December. The second one's coming out, I think, in March next year. Um these these two movies um it looks pretty uh intense it looks very star warsian in that there's you know there's lots of space battles and and you know uh iconography and all this kind of stuff um it looks very Zack snyder i'm worried it might be a lot more sizzle than steak but um it's He's his, his undeniably his visual storytelling is is really impressive. It looks really good. Whether it will be really good is a different matter. But um, I wanted to flag this one as well that uh, it's definitely worth having a look at the trailer and seeing what you think. So that's going to come out in the uh, in the theaters. No, it's it's a, well, that's not true. It's a Netflix, oh, it's a Netflix. movie. Oh, okay. But Netflix has been known to put its movies into theaters as well for short runs. Yeah, that Napoleon movie is coming out in the theaters, right? Yeah. The Ridley Scott one? Mm-hmm. That, that's a Netflix too, isn't it? Ooh, good question. I don't, I don't think that's Apple it, TV+. It's one, one of the streaming services, um, but, but it's coming out in theaters first. I think it's Apple TV Plus for the Napoleon one, if I recall. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it has to come out in the theaters because if it wants to be an Oscar attend- contender, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and right, you know, there's, there's, there's extra money in the... The, the diviest dive bar that has a a projector that it can set up and leave open for like two weeks kind of thing. For your uh, consideration, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this one, uh, for Rebel Moon, the, the trailer is interesting because I, I really hope that they're swinging for the fences on this one because I think the worst thing that could happen to Rebel Moon is if it's like, eh, kind of boring in middle. I want it to either be great or... Or fantastically terrible. Like, oh, yeah. You know, just something you can enjoy. It's like, oh, man, this thing is total nonsense, but I'm enjoying it. Like Battle, was that John Travolta one? Um, Battle <laughs> Battlefield oh, Earth yeah. and stuff like Battlefield Earth. No, I was thinking Sucker Punch, right? Sucker Punch is yeah. one of those ones. Brilliantly beautiful movie, but oh, it's terrible. Just terrible. Yeah, I want to be like talking about this movie one way or the other 10 years from now. I don't want to forget this one as like, oh, that's just like yet another, you know, uh, is it this or Paw Patrol 5 <laughs> kind of decision when it comes to, uh, you know, Sunday afternoon doing uh, laundry or dishes or something. Like, I want it to be a, we're talking about it, it hopefully in the positive, uh, and it's like the, the new Star Wars for the, the Gen Z years, or it's so awful, but like entertainingly so, that we're like, oh man, I can't believe this new trailer came out. Is this the new Rebel Moon reference? That's what yeah. I want it to be. Yeah. So what do you got for us, Jaime? 
I have an unorthodox one, and I have to think really carefully about how to talk about this. We're not exactly a family-friendly show, but we're not, uh, you know, rated R in any uh, regular sort of way. Uh, and this one is weirdly sort of uh, crosses over into more than just code land, surprisingly. Uh, so I was the, say, yeah. the Ashley Madison Affair, which in the States is on Hulu. It's three episodes. I don't know if this is a Disney Plus thing for you all. Uh, it'd be kind of amusing there's if it a, was. There's an app for that. I'm looking it up. Um, this is about the Ashley Madison website, which was a place for married people to go find other married people who were interested in, you know, kissy kiss stuff without their partners involved. That's kind of the basic gist. And if you recall from the news, Ashley Madison got hacked really bad. And like all of this uh, stuff came out about the, the individual users and stuff. So this has like just all of these like sort of banger things that I didn't really realize that like Brian Krebs from Krebs on Security is... In, in here talking about the, the security aspects. Uh, Troy Hunt from Have I Been Owned or Pwned, uh, if you prefer. I learned that the Ashley Madison headquarters was in Toronto, of all places. Hmm. Yep. Which made me think, what's up with Canada? Because <laughs> MindGeek, now ALO or ILO, is in Montreal. So if you're if you're familiar with The Hub and, and not GitHub... Uh, I don't know what to say other than uh, today's sponsor is Bob's House of Pelts. <laughs> Your finest quality pelts. Hudson Bay Company, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it is so on they, Disney Plus here. I just looked it up. There you go, right next to the Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I did recall that Ashley Madison had a Toronto office because I used to see it advertised all the time for job when I was job hunting. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know it was for married folks, though. I didn't know it was, that was the the hookup, but I knew it was a hookup thing. Yeah, it's you know just like there's a, a an app for every niche. Uh, this was uh, this is the one for married folks that were looking to have an affair. Yeah, this was a site before even before um, mobiles and stuff like that came along. This is the website thingy. Yeah, yeah. It, I think in the in the show and I guess it's like a look back documentary kind of series. It's not like a fictionalized thing. It's documentary style. I should have stated that it's. Seemed like it was the era of like uh, Match.com, Chemistry.com sort of stuff. Yeah, and one of the, one of the Canadian um, Dragon Dragon Den people, which is what which became Shark Tank, Shark Tank in the states, is um, Love Love a Life or something like that. Was one of his. That's how he got his millions. So I was laid over in uh, San Francisco. I went down to Apple to play with the Vision Pro, which is effing amazing. Maybe I should talk about that too, but. Um, I had a few hours to kill and I went to see what was playing in the movie theaters and I went to like I went to the art gallery and if I had time I was going to go check out a movie. Um I went to see what was playing in IMAX at the Metreon and in center of downtown San Francisco and of course it was Oppenheimer which I'd seen already two times. So I thought I don't need to see that again and uh, so Blue Beetle was playing so I thought okay well for the sake of the podcast I will you know throw in my $18 US and go watch Blue Beetle. And interesting movie. Um, I don't know if you guys had any desired. I don't think we, we. I don't think any of us desired have any desire to see it in theater, or we're going to make a special trip to do it because Jonathan and I usually talk about that stuff, you know, well in advance. Um, my my hot take is it's RoboCop meets Iron Man two, 
2, the one where he has to fight against the bad guy? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of... He fights the bad guy on each of them, I think. Well, I mean, the 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 Nick Nolte character. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, it was it was super derivative. Um, yeah, it had a Marshall uh, Marvel spin to it. Um, his the uncle um, Luis Guzman was super funny. Uh, there was a lot. There's a lot of humor in it. The problem was for me is there was a lot of Hispanic references. And like there was Hispanic jokes about Hispanic soap operas and Hispanic um, uh, children's programming because it was because some of the audience members were just killing themselves, right? Laughing and and it, I had no context, right? So that was my one of my problems with with some of the inside jokes. They were just way too inside, you know. Um, but I guess that's that's the nature of the beast, right? Um, but yeah, it, I don't think it was, I mean, I haven't read the Blue Beetle book. I know you've read them, Jonathan, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was, uh, where it stands into the, in the, in the Marvel world, but, um, so what, what's, the, what's currently the worst Marvel movie out there? Well, this is a DC movie to be fair. And oh, DC. Okay. Yeah. So, so the bar there is, is I think lower, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely it's, lower. it's a DC movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, that the Jaime Reyes character in comic books is actually a really good one and, and a nice, yeah. uh, a nice um, sort of more modern version of that character that's actually really enjoyable and well told. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was nothing wrong with the characters themselves, right? The, the, you know, the, the, the young man, Jaime Reyes was cool. His sister was cool. The parents were funny. The grandmother was hilarious. Right, because she, you know, she has a secret ability that you find out in the movie. Don't want to spoil it for people who are going to go see it. But um, you know, and and the uncle um, Louis, played by Louis Guzman, is is super funny. Um, there's lots of lots of like references I do get about you know that sort of uh, culture, um, like in terms of like California culture and that kind of stuff. Um, actually, I don't think it takes place in California, but um, I think it's in Mexico actually. But um, yeah, it was just, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, and, this, and the Susan Sarandon character, I'm not sure, um, yeah, she was a bit much, right? But yeah, it, it was, it it was too, too, I mean, so, okay, so what's the worst DC movie out there, Oof. would you guys say? Tough, tough call. Hmm. I mean, like, I'm talking like recent movies, like, like, you know, since the Superman stuff, not so much, not going back to like the 80s or whatever, let's not go there, or 90s. I think the Rotten well, Tomatoes is pretty low in Shazam too. Gotta to go to double check that. The, 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 Shazam, I like that one. The I like Shazam too. version of Justice League was pretty darn bad. That that would be. Yeah, yeah. I would say the two worst, in my opinion, were that, and uh, I thought Wonder Woman in 1984 was pretty damn bad too. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, if I had to compare this to the Whedon Justice League or Wonder Woman, I would put this lower. Oof. Harsh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it, it is it is pretty to look at and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the story's just just nothing original about the story. There's nothing nothing that stood out with me and went, man, that was a good movie. Hmm. You know, like it, it, our old scale was Jonathan and I would see something and we would look at each other and go, it's a rental. It's a rental. Yeah, that was my yeah, means, sort of I mean, vibe about it, and it gets disappointing because I mean, we talked about it in the context of of Shang Chi yeah. or or Black Panther, or Black where Panther. they're clearly yeah. trying to elevate a, a segment of of society that you know doesn't necessarily get its time in the spotlight as much as it should, and so it's disappointing that that's that's the 
the conclusion already is that it's not it, it did win the box office uh, everyone was like oh it dethroned barbie i'm like it dethroned barbie on its like sixth week in the theaters and it dethroned it by like a million bucks and it only made like 25 million bucks so it was not a great showing which is extremely frustrating because again when these movies flop it's just another you know old white studio heads excuse to be like we don't want to make any more movies with you know latinx stars because they don't sell like uh, that's bullcrap it's just that this one didn't work out because maybe it wasn't the best opportunity but i I hate i hate the idea that they may not take more chances based on something like this but that that seems to be what happens yeah it's it's yeah it's unfortunate i mean and you know i'm not to say that if you're into that kind of stuff go see it but yeah i just i just personally for me i found it was you know the mario movies mario movie was better (laughs) you know what i mean like in terms of the movies i've seen recently so yeah yeah so they they wait for it to come out on a streaming service of some type my my recommendation i would guess given that uh, they own warner but i didn't double check to see that there isn't a weird like um spider-man situation or anything like that well, I guess that's it for another week. So if people want to get in touch with you, Jonathan, where would they find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter slash X and Instagram is at JPK News. Or you can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash at JPK. All right. And if people will get in touch with you, I mean, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter as at Deva the Hair. All right. My name is Dimitra, D-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine, the Mastodon machine, and all the other machines. Uh, so, yeah, until next time, we'll see you in the future. Unless we get stuck in a time loop again. <laughs> Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Spotcast Podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spotcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. up on uh on crave here in canada this last week yeah they just came out this week on uh on max maybe within the last day or so i think yeah hmm. so it's, I, another it's funny because i've seen watch i've seen a ton of stuff just absolutely ripping shreds out, out of that film i actually enjoyed that one i thought it was pretty good i mean it wasn't it wasn't genius but it was certainly entertaining hmm well and, and then there was one there's only one last pre reboot coming dc eu movie and that's uh aquaman that's coming in december uh, someone pointed out online that i thought it was very telling that it we are now uh, essentially in september and there is still not even a teaser trailer for that which does not bode well aquaman
the the new Aquaman, uh, what's it called Aquaman yeah. and the Lost City or something. Aquaman, who can remember? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that one hasn't gotten uh, had gotten pushed out. Like, are they? But are they gonna like take a loss wanna, on this one? I think they want to just flush it. Basically, I think they want that to come out, do what it does, and then they want to basically. They're taking. I think it's a year, year and a half long break. They're not putting out any DC movies in 2024 at all. Not one. And they're coming back in 2025 uh, with the new reboot of Superman and starting the new James Gunn verse. So I think they kind of want this one to come out at Christmas time. If it makes, you know, hundred, two hundred million dollars, I think they'll be whatever it is. It is. Although it's funny because you know it's only it was five years ago that the first Aquaman movie came out, and it was a surprise hit. Uh, you know, Jason Momoa. It made a billion dollars, a B with a B, billion dollars at the box office pre-pandemic. Five years later, it is going to be the last movie of this era of of DC filmmaking, and it's essentially being sort of shoved out the door with, as I say, it's it's coming out in three months, and it's hasn't even got a teaser trailer yet, let alone any marketing or anything else. So it's funny how time changes things. By the way, you know what else I should put on my watch list is uh, Jurassic Park 3D. Have you guys heard about that one at all? No. That was the other op- the other option I could have gone to see Jurassic Park 3D, which is but there was like no seat. Hmm. Uh, although the in in the states of the AMC's they have these really amazing recliners, so you can sit and even though you're sitting next to somebody, they're like you know feet away from you, right? Hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently the the it's the 30th anniversary of. Jurassic Park, and they've done a real 3D version of it, like hmm. you know the technology real 3D. So they've they've kind of made everything pop out of the screen. Wasn't there like, a ride at Canada's Wonderland that was like uh, Jurassic World 3D? <laughs> was there? I, I swear I did that at one point twenty five years ago, whatever more than that. Yeah, twenty five yeah. years ago. I swear there was a ride that you could go on at, at Canada's Wonderland. Um, which is, Jaime, if you don't know, is a huge amusement park up here. It's, it's sort of our biggest national Paramount Canada's park. Wonderland. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's is it still. I don't, I don't know if they still uh, have their share in it, but um, probably not. Probably not. But yeah, it was. Uh, they had like a basically an auditorium that you could go into and put on the the 3D glasses, and the dinosaurs would jump at you and stuff. It was it was pretty good. This is a Korean movie called The Moon, apparently, right now. Did learn uh, this week of this town called, um, or a town located in Pickering, which apparently is just just east of Tirana. No, we we know it. Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, like I did not know, this is like the the Paramount backlot, but like an entire little town that you can just, you know, I don't know, pull up the trailers and whip out the cameras and immediately start shooting um, uh, to an extreme. It sounds like. Hmm. That's interesting to see that. It made its way on uh, TikTok. There's a uh, a lot of the small towns that are not far from Toronto that have been used and reused and re-reused as sort of, you know, like summertime especially. The production that just happens there over and over again. Uh, um, they shot that the It movies and they're now doing It TV show and all that stuff is all being shot just east of Toronto. Uh and, you know, like the downtown is basically looks like a, a, you know, an older U.S. city with all the signage and stuff like that. So you're driving through these little towns going like, what's happening here? 
but mm-hmm. they've basically taken over some of these little towns and, and used them as their their main streets for uh for these movies and it's interesting that uh there's so much film production happening up here and not just in like big studios but but the places like that yeah sometimes you see um like uh i'll be driving downtown and and they'll have smoke coming out of the sewers because they're doing new york oh yeah and you'll see a bunch of new york cop cars past parking on the side of the road yeah yeah oh we're a hub yeah yeah so Paramount Plus is a one-year, uh, sorry, one-year, one-week free trial uh, that you can mm. try out too. Um, one week? What can you watch and what can what can you binge in a week? Well, yeah, I guess that's the question: is is what do you how does like how do you make that worthwhile to to to, to give it a, a test? I mean, Jaime, obviously, you that's how you've been enjoying all this content for Star Wars, but uh, it's um, it's kind of strange the idea of like not have not being able to stream star trek after having it on a service that we were already paying for as uh, i was talking with xavier earlier and he sort of said you know so are you going to get another service on top of the other services that you already have i was like yeah i I don't love the idea of that but like i don't know we'll have to think about that as far as timing too because otherwise we might have to switch to fridays or we might have to uh record even later if we want to start just using the cable Mm -hmm. to do that which is kind of a drag yeah, ten bucks a month, eh? Yeah, yeah. And are they? I wonder, are they as militant on uh, on password crackdowns as uh, as some of their their competitors? I don't think I've seen them in the news about that. Um, you know the 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 funny sort of news about the Netflix thing that I saw recently was like, despite cracked uh, password crackdown, Netflix has you know rise in subscribers. And I feel like saying, isn't it because of the crackdown? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you, you've got the the correlation and causation incorrect there. Um, I mean, you may not have expected that to happen. And we certainly talked about this show of like, you know, is this the, the last straw? Are people going to flip the table and leave? And uh, the answer is no. Doesn't mean people didn't in, in, you know, maybe even large amounts, but more people said, yeah, okay, it's time to get off of my roommates, ex-spouses, uh, neighbors, whoever it is that you, you, you found this Netflix username and password that fell off a truck. Uh, now you've got your own. Hmm. Yeah, because special ops, I can watch special ops on my Apple TV now, I think, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird how stories are, yeah, like the Tulsa and the, What's also King we haven't watched yet, but Yellowstone we can watch on Netflix, I think, right, Jonathan? I could not tell you. Yellowstone is on Netflix? Interesting. Yeah, one of them is one of them's on something. Oh, oh yeah. do you mean uh, plain vanilla Yellowstone, or do you mean some of the spinoffs? I thought 1923 was on. Let's have a look. I feel like the spinoffs were on Paramount Plus, and then, like, Paramount Network, the other weird thing, and maybe Peacock or something. I don't know. The the rights are really weird for that in the States, at least. Oh, Yellowstone's on Apple TV. Oh, you have to buy it. Yeah, no, it's on Prime. Sorry. Really hoping that um, Star Trek Day, if anything, should have info about where the heck is Prodigy Season 2 going to be. What am I, am I going to be watching Crackle? <laughs> I'm going to flip on, you know, that and if I if I finish watching season four of Westworld that I think might be on that show, on that uh, streaming service, and I get to watch that too, like where where the heck is it? 
I saw an article this week that said that they're still hopeful that season two, given that it's complete, will will find another home. The showrunner for it was saying that they they were still still hopeful. But uh, yeah, I wonder I wonder if we'll get any of that uh, short term or if that's that's still down the road. Well, I could have watched Scream Four on the on the plane. I should have done that. No, what you should have watched is Snakes on a Plane on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Scream Four. Well, there's. They're, oh, Scream they, Six. Sorry. Yeah, six, I was gonna say they did four. the the reboot, and then yeah, this Scream Six I think is the latest one. Yeah, that's on quite a few things here. Mm. Apple TV for nine bucks. Cineplex for four dollars. You can rent it. Yeah, I don't know. Makes it hard to podcast about stuff we can't watch, right? <laughs> it does become challenging. Yeah. Welcome to the Not Start Podcast. <laughs> I oh, I wanted to tell you guys. I, I went to uh, Fan Expo last weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, took the kids, and one of the booths that was there was um, pro- basically promoting Canadian podcasts. They had, you know, all kinds of uh, swag and stuff, and they were basically, you know, uh, sponsored by the Canadian Podcast Awards and stuff like that. I was wearing my Spotcast shirt, as was uh, my son. We, we were repping. And... Um, yeah, so I, I talked to them and they were like, "Oh, you should like all, you know, get get all your hosts to register. You can you can vote and vote for yourself for the, you know, uh, awards." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll look into that." And then they had merch on the table that was like from all kinds of different podcasts. They're like, "Do you have any merch? Do you like I do you have stuff?" And I was like, "Well, actually, in my bag, I've got pins and stickers." So, uh so I gave put out some pins and stickers uh for for uh some promotion. And then I also Yay. I did a little guerrilla marketing. I may have uh, peeled off a couple of uh, our shiny Spotcast stickers and attached them to different areas of Fan Expo to just okay. do a little, uh, oh, what's that shiny thing on the wall? Um, but uh, I'm sure they won't last long, but I thought that, uh, you know, I'm trying, try and try and get our name out there a little bit while I was doing, uh, doing my thing last yeah, week. There's, there's a couple of more than just code stickers in Hawaii, and there's, I think there's some in Chicago. Yeah. I think there's some Spotcast somewhere. Yeah. All that to say, I'm now out of uh, Spotcast stickers, so if you have any more, let me know. Yeah, I got some. Um, And I did have um, uh, a couple of requests for shirts. Uh, Xavier would like to replace his his good, his blue one. Uh, You can buy them online at our um, Teespring store. Is it? Okay, well, maybe throw that up on the Slack so that uh, it's up there. We can uh, have it in there, because, yeah, he was asking about that, and then... uh, Foster said, I said, you know, oh, it's too bad you don't have a Spotcast shirt. I said, if we had one made for you, would you wear it? And uh, we agreed that she she might wear it if it was pink. So uh, I said, you know, <laughs> I'm sure we could come up with a rainbow of colors. We have, I have a black and white one. Xavier's think, got well, a green I have to go, one. I can, I can go in and choose the colors that you can have, but I never thought about pink. But, but you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to want to rep uh, a lot of different people, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't. I have the one with the 3D logo on it, but I haven't done the black, the white, the green one that I made for Xavier. I made that one special. I had a one, a one-off made. Yeah, and I have the the. You made one for me too. That same, but it's white on black. So it's a black T-shirt with the white lettering, okay. in the same style mm-hmm. as his. But uh, but one of the dogs nipped the collar of his Spotcast shirt a while back. That's how we can tell mine from his is his got a, like a little piece missing out of it. But oh. also, he I wear mine. You know, periodically he wears his habitually. Uh, so oh, it's it's starting to crack. It's starting to fade. <laughs> And so he's like, I feel like I, if I'm going to rep you guys, I want to look good. I'm like, all right, well, see what we can do. Yep. 
I mean, that just makes it look like it came from a vintage shop, right? Oh, that's what it looks like now. It looks like it's, you know, faded and it's got a little bit of a tear on the collar. And I'm like, yeah, it's old school. Kicking it old school. Yeah, I'll paste the link in the... uh... Nobody's bought our NFT, though. That's the thing I'm really... (laughs) (laughs) Are NFTs still a thing? Is that still a thing? It's $64. You can have a dark broadcast NFT. It's because we missed out, Tim. The the new thing when it comes to that is... I don't know. When I say new, as if... As if it just came out, I'm sure this has been out for a while. Um, yeah. But I saw these uh, this series of NFTs called Pudgy Penguins. So you would think, oh, okay, it's just cute penguins. Mm-hmm. But they actually right. have real-world merchandise. Um, you can go to you know their website. You can even get something that's on Amazon. And besides the digital asset, you also can connect to a little RFID chip in the belly yeah. of the penguin and like show ownership. So at the very least, you still have something physical that you could, you know, put on your shelf or have yeah. the kids play with or something. The, the still basics of the way that the, the tokenization works means that you can hypothetically uh, have authenticity like, Hey, this, this is the pudgy penguin that Jimmy Fallon had and you can prove it. It's not just, take my word for it on this, you know, nicely printed out certificate of authenticity. Yeah. If you go, I just had the one, the Navy blue, um, spot cast, but I can make, uh, I can get, a some variations made up or designed up. A very yeah. variation in color. Well, uh, you never know. Well, I mean, so would it be like a black key line on pink and a white key line on green and whatever? Like yours is black, black with white key line. Yeah, the the one that the first one you made before you made the the blue one, the first one you made for Xavier and I. So I think it was for Christmas. You made the his is white on green and mine is white on black. Yeah, yeah. Here, I got them downtown on Young Street. That place is gone now, though. Yep. There's a place in Queen you can get them done though. Anyway, the link is on the Slack. But I'll, I'll set up a I'll set up a um, variation for you guys for reprints. Special editions? I, I think I did. Well, yeah, yours yours were one of a kind, right? Right. The other option is Carol and I were talking about printing them here. Yeah, I guess you guys could do screens, right? Mm-hmm. You could get, like, really uh, progressive and do, like, the ladies' cut t-shirts, too. The, uh... Yeah, I do have some of those. That's Sherry's number one complaint. We'll go to concerts all the time, and so few artists, even female artists, sell women's cut shirts. They just sell that same sort of boxy-style t-shirt for a concert shirt and she's always like what like make it like fit for a woman mm-hmm. yeah well they're unisex right is what they say well they are but they're not exactly flattering to the female form as, the, as they may be for a a man's mm. depends on the man i suppose it does yeah now you just give me more work to do well, you know you got some time i do <laughs> yeah i got it right there yeah, I can make I can make up a, a shirt. If you uh, are looking for something to do, Tim, I put uh, all of I just finally updated my YouTube channel for the first time in like six weeks, and uh-huh. I put up all the Cure videos that I made uh, at the Cure show. If you want oh, to yeah. see any of those, oh. hmm. put up those and a couple other shows that I've been to more you still recently. Still haven't gone in there and liked uh, or made an affiliate link back to uh, yeah. our yeah our I did. podcast. Sure, I did. Did you I did that ages did ago? You? Oh, okay. Don't, don't you got to check before you throw me under the bus, there, don't man. Be, don't be dissing me. Yeah, you're no, saying, you're, right? you're well, in there. Let's go you're, check. You're there. Yeah, no. yeah, I had a couple of people subscribe the other day, which I thought was interesting. To the YouTube? Um, 
Oh, yeah, you did have that affiliated channel. I certainly do. Yeah, I see the city and the color. Yeah, city and color was that's we saw them last week, and then Maggie Rogers was from before that, and the Cure was before that. So I didn't realize I had made so many videos for the Cure. I think I made like eight videos or something stupid like that. But uh, oh, cool. it just again, like such a big fan, and was like, oh, who knows if I'll ever see them again? We'll make some videos. But, yeah. Well, I can link these to my my Spotcast playlist too. There you go. Or my, I mean, my live music playlist. Yeah, I still have to go in and uh, make some more playlists. I haven't done that. I didn't get the I didn't get the encore because I ended up putting my camera down and it I hit the I bumped the sidebar and it um, my phone. Oh, and it stopped recording. Mm. Yeah, that sucks. There was a bunch of good songs. Yeah, yeah. I don't have I don't have want. I have lullaby. I don't have fascination street. Forest. I do have six different ways. I don't have the walk. I don't have. You know, you got you get more than I don't have. And the um, boys don't cry and just like heaven. Those are the encores, right? Yeah, I think the last three or four that are on there throughout the whole. Yeah, they... the last one was "Boys Don't Cry," and I my I put my when I when I bumped my phone when I put it down on the like to make it steady. I pushed. I ended up pushing the button and it stopped recording. <laughs> Oops. And now I yeah, I just I was doing that for the fans, making like a steady. There you go. <laughs> Whoops. Does your uh, little camera thing automatically steady your hand? Yes. Yeah, it's got a nice stabilizer in it. It's actually pretty good. I yeah. am. Getting close to wanting to upgrade it because it's getting a little bit dated. And oh, you saw Sarah Sleen? Uh, I've seen Sarah before. Oh, part of the Serenade. She was, thing. she was part of Dream Serenade last year. She was great. She did. Uh, they yeah. did a tribute to Leonard Cohen, so she sang a Leonard Cohen song, and so did July oh, Talk. Yeah. July Talk did a Leonard Cohen song too. Um, that's like the best, honestly. Like that's the best concert deal in the city. Like for what you pay, the the artists that show up, like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy the number of good people they've had just because they don't they don't tell you they tell you some of the, like they put the tickets for sale without telling you anybody that's coming and then yeah. they announce where did you see the pixies when or where 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 phoenix oh the phoenix okay yeah um yeah they don't tell you who is going to be at the show when the tickets go on sale and then they eventually they announce some of the people that are coming but not everybody and when you get there they just start like bringing people out and it's basically like the who's who of toronto uh, music so like it's like oh the brand naked ladies just showed up oh gort downey just showed up oh like it's just it's crazy yeah. the number of people last year was gowan larry gowan just showed up and played a couple songs um the year before that was yeah, tom cochran that. tom cochran just showed up and played played a couple of his songs and we're like he played life is a highway and um oh another one i there i think i have a couple of those videos online but they're like it's just like man for like you know whatever 75 bucks for a ticket it's it's a steal yeah and the money goes to charity, so it's even better. Nice. Hmm. Education for kids yeah. with exceptionalities. Well, at the very first one, four years ago. Johnny Marr. Yeah, it's because it's funny because I've got um, How Soon Is Now by Johnny Marr and How Soon Is Now by Morrissey on, on my feed in two different spots. <laughs> so you can, you can sort of see how they each approach it. And obviously Morrissey sounds better... You know, it sounds like his voice is the right voice, whereas Johnny's singing the, yeah. his version. But the guitar is like, I was like yeah. four feet away from Johnny Marr playing How Soon Is Now. And you realize he's not doing that with effects pedals. He's playing that. You're like, oh, my brain, yeah. my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a video of him doing that in, in, during the pandemic. It was really good. Yeah, he's, uh, he's underratedly an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. Keys. Oh, uh, we're going to go see, uh, we're seeing Eric Clapton in a few weeks, right? No, I sold those tickets. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I need, need the money. Oh, that's fine. 
And I sold, uh, I'm trying the Peter Gabriel ones are up for sale, but nobody's bought them yet. Okay. Yeah, I just, I yeah, saw sorry, an ad the other day that was like, Eric Clapton's coming. I'm like, I swear to God, you bought tickets for that, so. Yeah, no, I, I had to curb expenses, as it were. As it were, yeah. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> we might be going to see Peter Gabriel. We might not. Depends on if they sell or not. <laughs> yeah. The Clapton ones went pretty quick. They were probably like sold within a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and well, it's funny because Ticketmaster won't let me sell some tickets, but will let me sell other tickets. Yeah. Which is really weird. Oh yeah, no. Just as soon as as soon as I got the news, I'm like, oh, where can I? I'm gonna have to stop spending money and stuff. Yeah, for a while. Yep. Sorry about that. No, it's what it is. Huh? No, no sweat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyway. The uh, young Xavier starts his uh, his college journey tomorrow. He's going for his orientation. Hmm. Where is he going to school? Humber. Hum- Humber College oh, slum- in here in cottage. scenic Mississauga. He's going to be going to Humber College for electrical engineering starting. Uh, his classes start on Tuesday cool. and tomorrow's orientation. So, Cool. Yeah. Well, my, my father would be proud because that's what he wanted me to do. Electrical engineering, yeah. 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 Well, he knew computers were coming, right? So yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like, you got to do electrical engineering. That's what the future is. Well, he wasn't there's wrong. A new Toronto, <clears throat> right next there, to there Humber is a new College. Toronto. Yes, Mimico. Yeah, not really new anymore. Yeah, it was it was new when they built that neighborhood like eighty years ago. And my friend Eugene lives there in New Toronto. Hmm. I wouldn't mind living in New Toronto. It's actually it's gentrifying nicely. It, it was a little sketch at times, but there's there's a lot of good spots in there now. But it's uh, it's bloody expensive. No. We we I did up at one point when we were looking for places, but it's uh yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. prohibitively expensive. Well it's cleared close to Pickering too, right? But not Pickering, um poor credit, poor credit. Yeah, it's basically it's it's the other side of that as you get to uh the far side of the four twenty seven, yeah. Long branch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, between Long Branch and Mimico. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, we call it a night. We're we'll calling it tonight. I'm gonna to go watch Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Enjoy on your on your feet. You'll uh, <laughs> what you don't get from that video is the when they first came out and Xavier and I were right up near the front and then the crowd started moshing and Xavier's eyes got really wide because he'd never been in a mosh pit before. I was just like, "What's oh, happening?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna take you by the arm and we'll lead you off to the side here where you're not involved in this anymore. Right. Like, yeah, cool. both of us got almost lifted off our feet. It was so. It was so yeah. intense. It was it was very nostalgic for me, but I think mildly terrifying for him. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Yep. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.